What's up, everybody? My name is Shane Kohler, and this is The Conscious Love Show. Thanks so much for joining me here, where each week I'm sharing true-to-life insights and experiences from my journey and how I've created the loving and committed partnership I have today. I answer your questions and have live discussions with you so I can support you in your specific situation. And I bring in experts and people who know their stuff so we can all learn from their perspectives. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you'd leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love. So what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Conscious Love Show. Uh, Shane here, as always, very excited to be with you today and just a pleasure and a privilege to be here and to share with you. Um, Today, we have a very special episode and I'm excited to bring on Ishmael Gomez III, who um, is just a really incredible creator. He's a, a writer, a mentor, a film director, Um, someone that I've personally found on Instagram. I've been following you for quite some time now. Um, I I don't know. I don't know how long it's been, but it's been a while. And, uh, you know, I'm always just touched by the content you share, the sincerity and the honesty and the authenticity that you bring. And, you know, I could tell um, you're in a very similar line of, you know, coaching to me in terms of uh, coaching women and dating and, and their issues with men and things like that. So, uh, definitely very much in the same genre there. And I'm just always impressed by the, uh, the care, the compassion, the authenticity that you bring to the work. So, yeah. Same, same. Likewise. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, so just for anyone who might want to look him up, um, you can find Ishmael at uh, Save the Messenger on Instagram. And um, yeah, he's got some really great stuff. So if you don't already follow him, definitely check him out. And um, today's topic we're going to be speaking into is things men say that confuse women. And um, I know just from from your content, what I've seen from you on social media, I know that you're going to have a lot of really amazing things to share as we do a deep dive on this topic. So uh, excited to be with you and get your insights on it. Um, Before we dive in, anything you'd like to say as an intro just before we jump into the conversation? Yeah, I'm very, you know, I'm very passionate about relationships. Um, Like you said, you know, I have different branches of things that I like to do. I see myself as a creator. You know, I like mentoring people. I like always talking from the heart, things that I've seen myself, things that I've experienced. Because, you know, a lot of times in our, let's say, in our field, a lot of people always have that question. Are you a therapist? Are you licensed? And all these things that I feel you know, I'm an expert in me and the things that I've experienced. So I always like speak from the heart and the things that I've been through. And if there's something that somebody close to me has been through, then sometimes I can give a perspective on that. But that's the only way that I feel confident enough to talk about, you know, relationships and male nature and things of that sort. And also, you know, I do my research. I like reading a lot. I've always been into self-development. And I have that phrase that I always use in all of my videos that is for your relationships to change, you need to change. And it's something that I realized for myself, the moment that I started focusing on myself, you know, and trying to grow as an individual, I started attracting amazing people into my life. So that's what I always try to teach. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I, I very much, you know, I'm with you hundred percent on that, right? As we are the 
we are the origin point for all of our life, right? And, and everything, everything in our life comes out of who we are and how we're showing up. So very much with you on that. So um, I, I guess question I'd like to ask you around this topic as we start is, you know, and the topic of things men say that confuse women. And I guess what I'd like to hear from you before we get into all the nitty gritty details of it is, why do you think this is an important topic? Like what, what is, what is it that you see or what is it you experience from people that makes you feel like this is something that people need to know about? Yeah. Well, I feel that when it comes to relationships and a lot of things in life, really the moments that I felt, let's say sadness in my life, sometimes, you know, you have somebody like a loved one that passes away or anything like that, but, Generally, when you feel certain sadness in your life and you don't know where it's coming from, you just have one of those days that you feel down. I feel that a lot of sadness comes from lack of knowledge and confusion. Mm -hmm. And even when you lose somebody that you love, you can say that that's even lack of knowledge that you don't know where they went. If there's an afterlife, right? So I always feel that confusion leads to sadness. Like when you have the lack of knowledge, when you feel helpless, then you start feeling sad because you don't know what to do. You don't know what direction to take. So a lot of things in relationship, right? When there's confusion, like what does this person mean? What do they want? That I think leads to a lot of unhappiness that a lot of people are feeling subconsciously. And the moment that they start putting all the pieces together and they understand, sometimes it's still a little bit painful, but being aware of like, what are the answers? I think that brings a little bit of peace of mind to everybody. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100% with that. I think that's very profound what you're sharing there. So um, I guess around this topic, if, if we could start, like, what are some of the common things that you hear men say that or you or you often feel women are confused by that they hear from men? Well, I think a lot of women confuse like there are three types of men, right? And the same thing applies to women, but you know, we're talking to the female uh, public here, audience, but there are people that have low interest in you, right? Almost to non-existent. There's, there, there's people that have mid interest and then there's people that have very high interest. And I think what confuses a lot of women is when they find a man that has mid interest, that he likes her, okay, you know, but he's not really pursuing having a committed and fulfilling relationship with her. So a lot of the times they're confused, you know, even like women that have married men that, you know, they got married because they thought she was good enough. Right. And years later, they start realizing that the relationship is not really fulfilling them in different areas of their lives. So I think a lot of the confusion that women have is when they find a man that has mid interest and suddenly, you know, they play hot and cold and they say things like, Oh no, I need some space, you know, and they disappear for a week and they don't hear from them. And then they appear again. And a lot of these actions, I think, like I said, you know, lead to a lot of confusion and a lot of sadness in, in many people. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess what would, in a situation like that, right? If a woman were to encounter a man that's showing kind of this mid-level interest, maybe hot and cold, one day I'm into you, the next day I'm not, what is the, like, like what does she need to do about that, right? Like what is her, what is her role in that? Or, or how does she need to show up in a situation like that? Well, listen, I, 
something that I learned, you know, it took me many years to learn, but something that I've, let's say, implemented my life now that I'm 33 is I only deal with people that have high interest in me, mm. right? I never try to convert a non-believer, <laughs> you know, like, and, and a lot of the times you, you know what that looks like, right? Every single woman has had one guy that was like drooling over her when they were in high school or maybe in their 20s. And she never really gave him attention. She never really liked him. But you have to have a sense of what a man that has very high interest in you looks like, right? And you can use, let's say, Bob as a standard, right? So whenever you meet another man, you ask yourself your question, would Bob do this? Would have Bob acted this way, right? Like in my case, I grew up around, you know, women that were very loyal, devoted wives, and I know what true, genuine love from a woman looks like, right? Also, I've had exes in the past that had those feelings for me as well. So whenever I meet a woman that has mid-interest, I don't try to raise her interest by like playing games or like not texting her for three days because those things may work in the short time, you know, like for a couple of weeks. But then you feel that you have to keep using all these techniques, all these like, you know, push and pull, hot and cold to keep her attracted to you because you're not showing your genuine self who you are as a person. And so they're just attracted to this whole, you know, theater play that you, you put up for them. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, that's just a rule that I have for myself. I only deal with people that have high interest. Now, the thing is that, unfortunately, a lot of times the people that have high interest in you, you don't really care much about them. Right. So it's about meeting people until you get that, you know, that click that both of you have high interest. So. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably a very potent point for a lot of the listeners is what you just spoke into is like, well, you know, I hear it all the time, right? It's like, I like the people who don't like me and I don't like the people who like me. Yeah. So, so you said it's about meeting people and continuing to meet people until you find that mutual interest. What? Yeah. Cause Go ahead. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I feel that, you know, um, this happened to me as well, but you, you're just not meeting enough people, you know, you're just not meeting enough men and you don't have to go out. I mean, you can go on dates if you want, you can go, you know, have a coffee or whatever, but sometimes I feel like women and even men, they come from a place of scarcity, right? Like, okay, are you meeting at least one person that you like a week? You know, because sometimes you're not going to be, I remember when I was in college and my roommate, you know, all of us had girlfriends and my roommate was 23 and he didn't have a girlfriend. He was really depressed. It was like, oh, you guys have girlfriends or whatever. And I'm like, bro, you're always playing video games here. Like you barely go out with us. Do you think she's going to come knocking on your door? Like, hey, you know, I want to be with you. Like, it doesn't happen that way. You have to be out there meeting people and just as friends, really just being friendly, meeting new people. Sometimes you're in a small town and you have to get out, right? Sometimes it's also your environment or in the environment that you are, the people that you look for are not really there. I mean, I live in Miami and like, you know, <laughs> most of the women here are not really my type, but you know, I still meet people here and there. I find communities, I make new friends and you don't know where that's going to lead to. But I feel that a lot of the times that's, that's what a lot of the problems arise from that, that you're just not meeting enough 
new people and making new connections with other people. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, you're, you're laying out like a pretty simple trajectory here, right? You're, you're laying out like you uh, only, only show interest in people who show high interest in you, right? If, if someone has that kind of mid-level interest, just kind of disconnect, let them go, um, you know, and just keep, keep dating, keep meeting, keep exploring until you find that kind of click, that kind of connection. So, uh, I mean, this stuff isn't complicated. It's not that difficult. And yet it's something that like we all, men and women both, I think, you know, when, when we're single and we're dating, like it, it, it's, it's often easier said than done. So what are, what are some of the biggest pitfalls that you see prevent people? And, you know, here again, we're specifically talking to a female audience, although I think a lot of men probably relate with a lot of what we're talking about too, but what are some of the biggest pitfalls you see specifically for women in dating men that they're not able to kind of stick to these rules that you're laying out, or maybe rules isn't the best word, but like these guidelines that you're laying out here, right? Yeah. A lot of the times I think, is because women go for what they feel. Oh, I like how he makes me feel. Mm. Right. And you have to understand that the feelings are yours. They're not his, meaning they're coming from within you. So if you had emotional control and you know how to bring those feelings through some other activity, through some other things that you do in your life, you will understand like emotional mastery where you're like, okay, it's not about how he makes me feel. It's about what he gives me, right? It's about the connection that we have. It's a two-way street. You know, the feelings are just coming from within me. Maybe it's like trauma-based. Maybe I have some attachment issues because I think a lot of women have anxious attachment styles, right? That they haven't worked through themselves. So I think those are some of the pitfalls that they just go for. They're not self-aware of their emotions. They just go with, they let the feelings lead, lead the uh, connection instead of being really self-aware. Why am I feeling this way? But for example, a lot of, you know, clients come to me, you know, most of the clients that I get, I don't know your case, but they always come from a painful place. Mm-hmm. Like a man walked away, divorced, you know, they got kids, maybe something like that. And a lot of the times they want the man back. They want the husband, the boyfriend back. So the first thing that I always do is like working on self-awareness. Okay, why do we, why do you want him back? Do you really understand why you want him back? Because if you really dive deep into yourself, you realize that what you're kind of craving is a feeling, right? Again, going back to the feeling. And if you are able to create that feeling within yourself, right? If you're able to... Uh, let's say, engage in an activity, like I said, through friendships, through family. Sometimes you're doing things that you're not even passionate about. You have to look at your whole life, right, as a whole, right, and understand that maybe you're lacking certain things in your life in certain areas that you're just putting that energy on this man and he's making you feel these things. But when you fill that hole, right, then you, you understand that you don't really need the person. You just need it to be able to kind of like create those emotions within you, that fulfillment within you. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think it's something I often speak about too, is this feeling of wanting, and I think this does go both for men and women too, is like wanting someone to be the answer. And like, you know, there, there is no someone out there who's the answer, right? Like you're the answer. 
And it, I think it's one of the biggest tricks that our minds play on us is thinking that when we find the someone special, someone, whether it's our ex or someone new, whatever it is, but when we find the special someone, they're going to somehow be the answer to this emptiness we've been feeling in our lives. And yeah. just recognizing like that is, that is not true at all. Right. Like the emptiness will return until, yeah. until you learn how to, I guess, fill it, you know, would be the way to say yeah. it, but until you learn yeah. how to be with that. Right. And sometimes listen, sometimes you, you know, I'm very self-aware of my emotions and I know sometimes I just feel down some days and like going back to sometimes it's lack of knowledge. I'm going through something in my life or I'm stressed out. Sometimes you also have to understand that the emptiness returns, right? Mm -hmm. And you just welcome it. And you just say, oh, it's, yeah, it's one of those days that I'm feeling, you know, a little bit uh, down. I'm not feeling too motivated. That's okay. It's going to pass. It may last two, three days, but you become self-aware that you're in that, you know, face right now and that it just goes away. A lot of times you're in a, uh, in a relationship and you start pressuring your partner because you're feeling these feelings and you start picking on them, the things that they're doing, you know, like blaming them for everything that's going wrong in your life. And also a lot of the times, you know, it also comes about something that people really struggle with is accountability, you know, like being accountable for the things that you do. Like I've been one of the most difficult things that you, you know, have to face sometimes in a relationship is let's say when somebody walks away, and you look at yourself in the mirror, like I've been through that experience and, you know, what the person did, let's say at the moment, I thought it was dishonest and it was hurtful, but I also was accountable and looked at myself in the mirror and, and thought, you know, to be honest, I'm so weak right now. I'm so, um, let's say, desperate for attention and for love that I understand why I pushed this person away and looking at myself right, right, right now, I don't even feel proud of myself, mm. you know? And I feel that a lot of the times, you know, all these like uh, terms like narcissist and like, you know, toxic, all these things get overused and get thrown around so easily and people don't hold themselves accountable, you know, of like being, you know, like I actually, I stopped making, making this woman feel safe by my side. And I understand that now because I did this and that and how can I improve myself? No matter what happens in a relationship, even when, let's say, you know, you get cheated on, right? Like I remember the first time I got cheated on at 21, you know, I was like uh, cursing, you know, in my house, I was so pissed, like punching the wall and angry, right? And I was just like thinking this was the worst human being that ever existed on planet earth. But then, you know, as, as you grow older, you start realizing there's always a response. You always have a responsibility in every relationship. And you look back and say, you know what? I actually saw the red flags, but I was so codependent on her and the attention that she was giving me. And I loved being, you know, being around a beautiful woman that I could show off. And I was getting validation wherever I went from my friends and the groups, you know. So you also always become accountable in your relationships and you look at yourself, the things that you can control. And hopefully you become more self-aware so you don't make those mistakes in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I, I mean, it's, it's really powerful what you're saying. And, and I think it does like, it's a place that a lot of people don't want to go, right? Like a lot of people don't want to really look at the things that are not working for them. 
it's we want to it's so much easier to say oh well they were just a narcissist or they were just toxic or they just you know did this and those things may even be true to a degree right but even within that there's the accountability of okay if they're a narcissist and they're toxic why'd you choose them why are you chasing yeah. them around all over town right if, if that and so there, there's always there's always a, a way of being accountable in that and I, I think it's just that is where you find your power right like there's there's no way to find your power without that. You'll always, you'll always be a victim and you'll always be helpless if you don't make that leap, right? To really look at how you're participating with all of this. Yeah, always. I think there's so much strength in that, you know? Yeah. And so you touched on, um, touched on things like in your experience, you know, I love being with this beautiful woman and being able to show her around and all the validation I was getting. And I was codependent and I was, you know, I, I needed that person's attention. And so I was overlooking the red flags. What do you think are, if you could kind of expand on that and give some more examples, like what do you think are the kinds of, the kinds of things that we could be accountable for, but we don't see? Right. Like what, what are the things that people might not be seeing in themselves in your experience? Well, I think um, sometimes people don't like to accept the way things are. Let's say like biology. Right. Like. Most men are attracted to younger women, and that's just a fact. Right. If you want to fight that fact, you're going to just. Waste a lot of time and energy, right? Trying to fight that fact. Like most women like a man that is strong, capable, and experienced. That's just how it is. When I was 16, when I was 15, I would see, you know, older girls that I liked being with older guys that were 22, 23, that had the bike, the, you know, the motorcycle, and they were picking them up and all those things. And I was really upset. You know, now later when I was at 29, when I'm 33, then I'm, dating the ones that are 25, 26. And I know that the, the guys that are at that age are actually probably upset that I'm dating those women. But those are just the way things are and the way the biology works. And I think that a lot of times people don't like to accept those things and they just become really upset. And now they are obviously people that, you know, let's say that most men like dating younger women, but that doesn't mean that a man, if you're in a relationship with a woman, it's, he's going to be disloyal. He's going to cheat on you with a younger woman, which happens a lot of the times. So that's the, the, that's when you need to become a better selector, right? Because you have to understand that if you really want a special relationship, you're going to have to meet someone special who's not average in all those you know boxes that we were talking about. And at the same time, you need to become special to be able to attract this special person. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the times it's like, you know, when I always think about, let's say I'm not married, you know, I'm single, I'm 33, but I think about my future wife and I think the type of woman that I, I want, right? A lot of the times when I was younger, I thought I deserve this woman. This is what I want. I deserve her, right? And it comes to a point where you realize, well, Actually, if this is the woman that I want, what type of man do I need to become to be able to attract this woman, hmm. right? And maybe I need to be well-spoken. Maybe I need to be successful. And these are things that it's not like, okay, she's going to be a gold digger and all this and that. This is just like, it's going to be like so undeniable, right? That I'm just going to be, 
become such a special specimen, let's say, right? I've what I do and I'm gonna be so fulfilled. And it doesn't mean that I need to drive a Ferrari or a Bugatti or none of these things that you know people talk online, but I'm gonna be so proud of myself, so proud of the things that I've built that I know I'm going to be able to attract the woman that I want. And I feel that a lot of the times is that thing that we just think, oh no, I deserve, I deserve this person, you know, I deserve this and that. And you have all this, all these boxes that you're taking. And then you, you don't focus on yourself because you attract what you are, not what you want. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of the times you say, well, but you know, Ismail, I'm a kind woman, you know, uh, I have a good heart. I'm beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, but do you think you're wise enough? Maybe you need more wisdom so you can select better partners. Maybe you need more patience so you can wait for the right person and you don't waste time. So sometimes it's not that, yeah, you can be beautiful. You can have an amazing heart, but it's other things in you that are still lacking. And if you focus on them, just minor things like patience and self-awareness, you'll be able to attract the person that you really want. So I think, that's what I see a lot of the times that I've seen in myself and I see in all the people. Yeah. You know, you just touched on a lot of really awesome stuff there. And I've been, I've just been kind of making some notes cause I want to kind of go one by one with everything you just said. Cause I mean, so many potent points you just brought up and I guess I, I, I want to jump back to what you were saying about, uh, you know, older men or, or not older men, but how men in general tend to be attracted to younger women. And I mean, a lot of our listenership, you know, we, we, is going to be women and likely ages, maybe 35 to 45, 55, you know, so we, we might have a lot of women who, who are listening to this conversation that are going, you know, am I too old or, or, you know, Mm -hmm. is, is somebody going to, is a man going to want someone at my age? And so there is, there is a certain objective reality, right. In that, like you said, you know, women, largely want that strong capable guy or for example women largely like taller men right like these are objective kind of facts that apply to many many people and you could say the same thing about you know how men like younger women that could be something that is true generally speaking and applies to many many people so what would a woman want to do in facing that fact let's say maybe she's 35 or 45 or 55 looking for a partner struggling with this idea that is is somebody gonna always want someone younger than me right like what would someone in that position need to do or or how would she need to see the situation like i guess what i'm asking is like how would you coach someone in that position well the first thing that i would say is you know i think appearance is important it's more important than women than men and again this is a fact that you know a lot of the times you just have to be self-aware you know it's like taller men that's the thing you know like being above above six feet you have more options let's say as a man more women will be more attracted to you because you know you're you look uh you can protect her better right so the, all these biological triggers that they have that they think oh this man is capable and sometimes you meet a man who's like six four and after you speak to him for a month, you realize that he's not capable at all, right? Maybe other women are attracted to, you know, uh, intelligence and things of that sort. But you have to understand that as a woman, appearance is important. But now the problem is that you, fa- you fall into this 
rabbit hole of trying to compete with younger women, right? Which is what I see a lot of older women do, like Botox and surgery. And like you spend so much money, time and energy, and it's a race that you never win, right? So you want to look your best, but you don't want to be competing with other women. You always want to do the best that you can for yourself. And also a lot of the times I find, for example, women that are unhappy with a physical attribute, like they don't like their nose or they don't like their ears. And I always tell them that whenever this happens is because you're comparing yourself to someone else, right? Because if you were the only person on the planet, right? How did you know you had a big nose? You wouldn't know because you don't have nobody to compare you. You would think that your nose is perfect, right? So I think competing, trying to race uh, this, this, you know, this race of trying to like look younger and spending so much money and doing all these things where at the end of the day, you look irrecognizable. <laughs> that's not something that I advise. I think you should look your best, but then you should look for men that are not attractive or are not looking for younger women. They're looking for women your age, right? Like I can tell you at 33, I'm definitely looking for women, different women that I was looking when I was 22, mm -hmm. right? Like now, you know, I, um, no matter how attractive a woman is, like the moment that I can't have a conversation with her, the moment that I see she likes waking up at 1 p.m., she doesn't like cooking, she doesn't like really, she doesn't know how to take care of a man, she doesn't really care, she's on her phone all the time, right? I'm looking for different things. When I was 24, I didn't care much about these things. There's some men that are 40 and they don't care about these things. They're like, oh, she can do whatever I want. You know, as long as I have a 22 year old next to me, I don't really mind. So it's about becoming conscious of all these things and then becoming a better selector, looking for men that actually want to have a mature woman. You know, I've dated older women and I can tell the difference when you date, you know, a real woman that knows how to take care of a man and she's not just you know, um, let's say uh, over jealous or creating drama and conflict, right? Or I think a woman with more experience can bring a lot of peace into your life. And um, so, yeah, I think it's about becoming a better selector and, and finding the men that are looking for what you have to offer. Yeah. And I'd love to just dig a, a little deeper on that because I, I love what you're saying. And there's like uh, your example that you gave, you know, when I was 24, you know, I was looking for a certain, like, it didn't really matter as long as she was hot and she, you know, had these kinds of, you know, attributes, whatever that was like now these days I need a little more than that. Right. So I guess I'd like you to shed some light on what is it that, you know, the men out there who are not just looking for the, you know, hot 25 year old, like, what are those men actually looking for? What are the things that are going to attract a man like that? Well, I think, um, for example, I think a woman with strong boundaries is a very attractive thing. Now, women confuse this with being, you know, when you hear that phrase, oh, he needs to be able to handle me. And like, what? <laughs> like, you know, being a man, I mean, you know yourself, like, it's such a, like we deal with so much, there's so much competition for men, right? Like, I mean, whenever I go out there, like I know I'm competing against other men and this is the reality. And a lot of women don't understand how much rejection men go through, right? Like I go out there, I know the woman that I want, 
another 1 million men want her as well, right? And they're willing to do whatever they want to take her away from me. I go out there, I'm competing against other men for business, right? Other men want to take my business away. They want to take my clients, right? And I think there's enough for everybody, but it's, it's tough to be a man. I mean, there's, there's a pandemic of like young men just feeling lonely, right? So I think you as a woman, being somebody that has strong boundaries, right? That you, you're really supportive. You're a great listener. I think being a great listener is, is a skill that um, many women have, right? And I think that makes so that makes you so attractive as a woman when you you know how to give great feedback, you know how to have a conversation. You you remember things that I told you three days ago about a business or something. You give ideas, and also you know how to say no right? Like talking about strong boundaries that I say, you know, hey, you know, I feel that I want to come today, see you today, because a lot of times, you know, men, we're busy. And then we just want to fit a woman in our schedule. Hey, I'm, I'm free Tuesday, 9pm. And then you just change your whole life for this man, you cancel everything to see him at 9pm. Instead of being like, hey, you know, 9pm, I'm busy too. Like on Tuesday, can we just Thursday works for me? And it's not doing it intentionally, which a lot of women do. They start playing all these games. I'm going to seem busy so he doesn't, you know. It's actually trying to give as much as you receive and, like, establishing the strong boundaries. If you see that a man is liking older women's pictures on social media, half naked, and you don't like this, right, instead of hiding it and, like, hiring me to tell you what to do, if you're not okay with it, you know, just, just tell him. Have those strong boundaries like, hey, this is not, I don't accept this. And you have to be, I think, one of the sexiest, one of the one of the qualities that can make you the most attractive, this is for men and for women, for anybody, is that you have to be willing to walk away at any time. Doesn't matter if you have kids, doesn't matter if you've been married for 40 years. That sense of respect for the other person only comes when they know that you're willing to walk away if you're being disrespected, if they're cross your boundaries in a very hurtful way, right? And that's the way that I think you as a woman, you need to gain a, a man's respect, just as a man needs to gain a woman's respect, right? And I think those are the things, some of, some of the minor things that I think um, that, I, that helps a lot, you know, for women, like strong boundaries, being willing to walk away, being a great listener, and also, this is, this is such a cliche advice that, you know, all of us have heard it, but it's so true. And I think the older I get, I understand that it's just be yourself. Just be yourself, right? Like I get messages, uh, people hire me like, oh, you know, I was being too, I, I remember this girl told me once, oh, you know, he walked away because I was too nerdy. Like men don't like nerdy women. And I was like, what? Those are my favorite type of women. I love nerdy women. Like, where can I find one in Miami right now? Right? So it's about, like, not accepting yourself a lot of the times and just being okay with who you are, being okay in your skin, being, this is who I am, you know? Do you love me for who I am? I'm not going to pretend to be someone else. I'm not going to pretend, you know, like, um, I'm this, like, I, even myself, when I was dating, when I was younger, you know, a, a lot of times I would start, pretending that I didn't care the whole matching their energy 
like, okay, if you're giving me 50%, I'm going to give you 50%. And then I hope that you increase to 70%. Like I don't do that stuff anymore. Right. Like it's just a waste of time. Wherever I go, I give a hundred percent. If I feel that you can't reciprocate that, then we shouldn't be together. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, you touch on something so powerful there because I think so many people are afraid to give that hundred percent and have that person only return 50%. And, and then it's like, what's wrong with me? I, I gave them a hundred percent and they only gave me 50. I guess I'm a fucking loser, you know? Yeah. And, okay. and it's like, people are like unwilling to experience that. And yet, if you're not willing to experience that, you're not even showing up in a way where you could actually have a real relationship unfold, right? So like part of part of creating that relationship that you're looking for is being having the willingness to put yourself in the position to experience that exact thing, right? Yeah, yeah and a lot of the times it's, it's, people are just not kind, kind to themselves. You know, or you're, or you're watching things that, for example, I'll give you an example, like, I don't like drinking, you know, I'm not much of a drinker, sometimes occasionally, you know, at a party or a celebration or something. You know, when I was in my 20s, I would always struggle with this with women, you know, because I would go out on a date and they will get a drink. And, you know, I'm a man, I'm supposed to be drinking whiskey and like, yeah, I drink and this and that, right? So I wouldn't accept that. I would start coming up with excuses and I would buy a drink that I didn't want to consume, you know, where it gets to the point that you understand like, yeah, listen, this is, this is who I am. I don't like drinking. I'm into biohacking. Actually, you know, later when we go dancing, you probably, if you go with a guy that drinks, he's going to last for 20 minutes. I can be dancing until 3am, you know, and then when I take you home, all the stuff is going to happen where you're going to see the, the levels of energy that I have. So you embrace who you are as a person. You're like, yeah, I don't like, instead of hiding it and coming up with excuses, you just embrace it, right? Like you don't try to hide yourself and you don't try to hide these things. You completely expose yourself and who you are. And if they don't like it, then you find someone who likes it because there's always somebody that is going to admire those qualities in you. I promise you that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that is like the biggest fear, right, is it's almost easier to pretend to be someone else because if they don't like you, well, at least they didn't see who you really are. Right. Yeah. But when you really show up <laughs> as who you really are and then they don't like you, it's like, that's, that's the stuff that people don't want to feel. So like, what would you say to someone about that? Like if they're like, if they show up as themselves and that person doesn't like what they see, like, what does somebody do with that? Well, you have to, you know, I always use the analogy. You have to think of yourself as a flavor. Let's say that you're chocolate, right? You have to understand that some people don't like chocolate. Mm -hmm. Now, is there something wrong with the chocolate ice cream? No, there's a lot of people who consume it and they like it, you know, but the fact that they don't like the chocolate ice cream, or maybe they like it, but they prefer strawberry. So when they're with you, they're okay. They like you We're talking about the mid interest. But yeah. then they find the strawberry flavor and they go away and you think, oh, you know, there's something wrong with me. And no, they always prefer the strawberry. They were just with you because they also enjoy the, the chocolate. But once they found the strawberry, they, they went away. So I think, again, being self-aware of like, OK, I'm going to show up as who I am. But at the same time, also going back to the being accountable, being responsible, like I know that 
you know, I'm like, I, I'm really fit. I'm into, you know, athletics and working on and all these things. I know now that I'm 160 pounds, I probably attract more women than I was when I was 125. Like, this is just, you know, a fact. So I also have to be responsible. Okay. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to work out a little bit. I'm going to become more fit because I know this is going to help me in my, you know, attraction levels. So it's also, it's about self-acceptance and at the same time, self-improvement, but never punishing yourself because, you know, you think that there's something wrong with you. It's always that you have to meet people that like who you are. But again, if you don't show who you are, actually, sometimes you end up pushing people away. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you are sometimes when you are with the wrong woman, for example, you as a man, you will feel like, oh, I'm being a simp. I'm being needy, you know, and then you meet a woman who loves that kind of stuff, who loves a man who's like romantic and is always like sharing, uh, you know, cherishing her and like, like, like taking her out and like giving her gifts and doing all these things. And now you're playing the cold, cool type of guy. Right. And she completely loses interest because she's not attracted to those things. So you stopped being yourself. And what that did was actually pushing away the woman that could have been attracted to your personality. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that and it's so true. Just the, the willingness to accept yourself and as you are and, and, you know, to love and appreciate yourself as you are. And then I think kind of, like you said, be out there, be meeting people, be engaging and, and patiently waiting for that person who will love you in that same way. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, if, if they like, if you're chocolate and they like strawberry, like accepting that it's okay for people to like strawberry, you know, like not everybody needs to like chocolate and that's okay too. Right. Like it's okay for people to have what they like and you can allow them without taking that personally. Yeah. And sometimes you can also going back to the flavor, you can be such a specific individual that you might be that chocolate mint flavor that a lot of people are not really into it. But when you find someone who's really into chocolate mint, I mean, the experience that they have with that flavor, it's amazing. It's probably even more amazing than someone who likes just one of the regular flavors, right? So again, going back to that, it's about improving, but at the same time, accepting and finding people who are attracted to who you are and are in alignment with who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love that about the, you know, the mint chocolate because it, it's, it's so funny. Like it's so true because people freak out about mint chocolate ice cream. They, they really do, but it's only like a certain amount of people. Right. But it, it is, yeah. it's like you be that very special flavor that speaks to that very specific person. And, you know, and in my experiences, I think when we're really ourselves, all of us are a very unique flavor. Right. Like there's like none of us are these general flavors that that's only something that happens when we try to like blend in and be something else. But we're all we're all that very unique flavor. And it, it is it is that uniqueness that attracts that right person. Right. Yeah. And like sometimes even look, even you and I, maybe we make some videos that are so similar. Right. But still, the way that you deliver the message, the way that I deliver the message, the pauses, the tones, you know, the way that we look, like everything just makes it different. Mm -hmm. And some people will be attracted to you. Some people will be attracted to my content. And a lot of the times I feel people just don't want to like, you know, even when 
creating content. They just want to repeat what other people are saying. And it's like everything at the end of the day, everything is just so basic, really. The message is basic. Be yourself, accept yourself, attract people that have high interest. You know, there's just a million ways to say it. And sometimes it's also that I actually repeat a lot of the same messages. Like once every two months, I even make the same video. Because you know when that happens that I saw so many videos about heartbreak uh, or somebody was watching and I didn't pay attention. I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. You know, oh, the secure attachment. Oh, yeah, whatever. You know, it wasn't to the point, the moment in my life when I was there in pain that that video became useful. And now I consumed it again in a different from a different perspective. And now it was useful to me. So yeah. sometimes... I myself, I, I don't find, you know, tiring or I don't find, you know, a waste of time repeating the same message over and over because I know maybe today someone will watch it that really needs to hear it. And maybe they heard it two months ago, but now they're ready to really listen to this message. It's going to help them. Yeah. And I think a lot of the, a lot of the times it's the same thing in dating and relationships. You're putting yourself out there. You're being yourself all the time and you're being rejected. People are ghosting you. People are doing, you know, all these behaviors. But you got to keep showing up until the day that somebody comes along and they, they're they like, oh, wow, you're so amazing. Like, can we go on a second date? Oh, uh, you know, can I go meet your family? So, yeah, it's about, you know, perseverance and, and patience a lot of the times. Yeah. I want to jump back to what you said about boundaries earlier, because it, it really stuck out to me. You know, the, the question I asked is, you know, like what, what is really a man going to be attracted to? Right. And, and you first answer you said was boundaries, which is so interesting because I, I think so many people are afraid to really have strong boundaries. And the fear is, you know, if I don't give someone what they want, if I'm not available for them, if I don't sleep with them, or if I don't, you know, do whatever they want me to do and be whoever they want me to be, they're not going to like me. And mm -hmm. so it, it's, it's so interesting to hear like first thing out of your mouth is boundaries are super attractive, right? Telling someone no is super attractive. <laughs> and so like shed some light on that. How is giving someone what they don't want attractive? Well, people don't like easy things they don't value easy things as much right so talking for example about sleeping with men right or anything actually you know i was raised i was born in cuba i was raised in a communist country where everything was given for free education medicine and i know what happens when things are given for free people don't appreciate it as much they just take things for granted they didn't take care of the hospitals they didn't take care of the schools right so the same thing applies to relationships. I feel that having strong boundaries is like, you know, you need to gain my attention. You need to gain my respect. I'm going to be given. I'm going to give you my attention and my respect, but you also need to earn mine. And, you know, being those things of making the man wait, right, uh, to sleep with him, right, because... How do you know he's really into you? And a, a lot of the times people use that um, analogy of like, oh, if you want a car, don't you want to test drive it first? You know, and um, I always say, well, if I put a Toyota in front of you and a Ferrari, do you really need to test the car? Or you know what, what you're going to pick, right? Mm -hmm. You don't need that. to test it. Yeah. So I think 
having strong boundaries, like just for a matter of self-respect and a matter of they need to earn your attention. They need to earn your respect the same way that you give it, right? And it's a two-way street, as I would say. And I find it very attractive. And I think also for women towards men, you know, like men that have very strong boundaries, women find very attractive. Men that, you know, put them in their place, like they say, and things like that. But I think when you have those things, it's kind of like, imagine you have a bubble around you, right? And the stronger, like the stronger the bubble is, the more someone wants to go inside the bubble and the more someone appreciates your bubble, right? Because you have to think of boundaries as this thing that blocks mm. um, anybody from entering your energy. And so, yeah, I think talking about boundaries, that's, you know, I give all these visual things because people um, love kind of like analogies and think, seeing things visually. I'm also even like trying to do cartoons, trying to do some animation because I think when people see things visually, it helps them a lot to understand these things. But, but yeah, and 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 it's also about you know when when res- respect is very linked to acceptance, right? Because the things that you respect are things that you accept. Let's say right. So when you see that somebody is so grounded in who they are in their beliefs and values, right? That they say, listen, I don't think if you're in a relationship, you should be going out to clubs out there with your friends partying. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. And they might think you're being controlling. They might be saying, you know, um, that you're being, a, 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 let's say, a, a sexist and you're trying to manipulate them and tell them what to do. But if you say, these are my beliefs, these are my values. And at the same time, you mirror what you're asking for, right? Because a lot of the times people say, I want this and that, but they they don't give it. You live by example. Like, this is how I live. This is what I believe in. So I'm giving you what I'm asking for, right? I think that people find very attractive. And if you find somebody who matches your values and beliefs, I mean, it's like, heaven right there right so yeah yeah that's that's awesome and i i love the analogy about the bubble you know it's it's such a it's such a great image just to think about like you know there's this yeah there's this bubble around me and like the bubble is sacred right and if you want to be inside of the bubble like you've got to you've got to show your worthiness like i'm not going to I'm not going to let you inside the bubble just to try to get you to like me. Like the bubble is sacred space and like you've you've got to you've got to fit inside of it if you want to if you want to come inside. So before before I give you the opportunity to step inside of this bubble, like you're going to need to show up for me as someone that I see deserves to be here. Yeah. And I think people do have that so backwards. It's like it's like no, I'm going to I'm going to let you inside. I'm going to let you have all of it and hopefully you'll like what you get. Yeah. Rather than, you know, <laughs> I already know how amazing everything inside this bubble is, right? And I need to make sure you get it before you before you get in here, you know? Yeah, and sometimes it's also like things take time, you know? If you want something special, it's going to take time to develop that deep intimacy between two people, you know? And I, you know, 
I've changed my mind a lot about like casual sex. You know, even as a man, like, I mean, I'm practicing celibacy right now <laughs> for the past five months. And it's such a rare, difficult thing to do and to tell other people as a man. Because, you know, I realized that a lot of the times I was like sleeping around, you know, in my 20s. And I felt certain emptiness and I didn't know where it was coming from. You know, I was having all this, you know, all this short-lived connections with people. And it wasn't until I experienced deep intimacy with somebody that I realized what it's, what it's like to really want to build a whole new world, <laughs> like Aladdin, a whole new world with someone and trying to, you know, build a family, build a future. And then once I experienced that, you know, I went back to uh, being single and I went back to sleeping around and being with women, trying to get over the heartbreak. And I was reminded of kind of like going back to being yourself, you know, because I, for example, have men in my family that they can sleep, they sleep around like they don't really care. You know, I have friends that they can just do these things. And I always felt that me as a man, why am I not able to just do the same? If I'm a man, there's an attractive woman, she wants to sleep with me. Why am I not able to just sleep with her, you know? And then that's it, be gone the next day or whatever. And like, I don't care about that person. And it's about that self-awareness that I realized, you know what? Like, I'm not like that. I actually want to, you know, I think, you know, sex is such a beautiful thing. And it, the more you get to know somebody and the more you develop that intimacy with someone, it's so much more enjoyable mm -hmm. that this whole thing that it's, it's, it's almost like such a short-lived superficial experience, Right. And I understood, you know what, I'm actually not being myself by doing these things. So I would rather, you know, uh, be single, practice celibacy and wait for the right woman to have build this deep intimacy, which I've experienced in the past, than continuing to have all the superficial, you know, encounters that don't really lead to anything. Yeah. You know, I, I love that you're that you're sharing this right now. And this is I've I've personally experienced, you know, sharing similar ideas and having people like rage over it, you know, because I mean, this is a touchy subject for some people. And I think, you know, people have a lot of shame around this. And especially, you know, we're having a conversation like this right now. And then maybe someone who hears this who maybe has slept around a lot, especially as a woman, and I don't have any value judgment against that, but culturally there is a value judgment against that, right? And so I think there's just so much shame and defensiveness and, and people, you know, really can, this can be a touchy subject, but I, I had a similar thought the other day, actually. Um, and I just, I thought to myself, like, if I were ever single again, and you know, I'm married and I, I plan to be married for the rest of my life, but if I ever found myself single again, I, I said that, you know, I would definitely make someone wait to sleep with them. Like it, not even a question in my mind. Like if I started dating someone and, you know, first date or second date, they wanted to go there. I would absolutely be like, I'm just not ready for that yet. And like, you know, if, if, if you want to be with me, like we're going to need to wait a little while. And the reason I, I was, I came to that conclusion is because I'm like, 
you know, knowing like what I experienced with my wife and, you know, God forbid something were to happen there and to go from the kind of relationship we have to like some kind of shallow, you know, hookup. Yeah. I mean, it would just be soul crushing. Like it, it would, it would be awful. It would be horrible, you yeah. know? And I, I think it is like, I look at myself when I was single and, you know, very much like similar to what you're saying is I, I grew up with my father who was like, basically pushed me to like have sex, any opportunity I had, no matter who it was with, no matter what the condition was, it's like, just get laid as much as you possibly can. And that's, that's the, you know, programming I received as a child. And then, so that is, you know, when I was single, that's basically how I showed up. I think I got a little more conscious as I got older, but, you know, to a large degree, that's kind of how I showed up. And, you know, for someone who, for someone who hasn't necessarily experienced that depth or that intimacy or, or had it be in a very real way, it's very easy to be like, what, it's just sex. You know, what's the big deal? Just enjoy it. But there, there is something, there is something I think sacred about it and something related to value, Mm -hmm. you know, when you, when you value yourself enough to, I guess, I don't even love the word withhold, but, Mm -hmm. but to have a strong bound, like, I don't think it's about withholding, like, I'm going to hold this back from you. And, you know, but it's more like, I have a boundary that I'm not willing to cross until I really feel safe and honored and respected. And when somebody, when somebody feels that from you, it does call forth their respect, right? They're like, wow, that is respectable. Yeah. And and listen, I mean, you know, this may sound a little nihilist, but when you really think about, you know, we, there's no really meaning in anything. We just, we just born and then we die. Right. But you have to find meaning in things and, you know, rituals, right? Like that's what really makes life enjoyable. I feel right. When you make something special. So something like sex, when you make it a very, valuable experience to have that it's just not something that you just go for you if you're a man or a woman right you just make it something special a special location almost as if it was a ritual right and you make it this whole you know journey of meeting somebody getting to that place where you feel you know comfortable sleeping together and all that getting to know the person at a deeper level before you get there i think all those things is kind of like what we, you know, a lot of in the modern society we're losing. And a lot of it is because of the abundance of choice. You know, I mean, this happens, you know, I'm a film director too. And this happens in, for example, movies. You know, when you have those rituals that you would go to like Blockbuster and like there were all the VHS, you know, cassettes and you would like go down the aisle and watch the posters and pick the movie that just came out. It was it was such an experience, right? Now you go on Netflix, you click, there's like a million movies, you don't know which one to pick. Why well, just came out, you know, all these uh, posters there and it loses its value, mm-hmm. right? And I think making you yourself valuing those things, giving it a special meaning will make it more enjoyable. A lot of things, you know, that not only sleeping with women, even kissing, something like a kiss that is, it seems so, you know, simple, right? even making that special, right? There's something that you can talk about, about, you know, that first kiss where it happened, it was raining, you know, we were running to the car and suddenly in the car we kissed, right? 
trying to give value and meaning to those things and making it something special, I think will make, you know, will make life more enjoyable and will make for great stories that you can tell later on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you hundred percent on that. And something that just came up for me as you were speaking is like you holding it with that value causes the other person to see it as valuable. Right. It's like you actually create that in when you hold it that way, you create that in the relationship. And when you have it like it's a casual thing with very little meaning and you allow it to be like that for yourself, that's what you're going to communicate in the relationship. And that's how the other person is going to receive it. Right. Oh, this is just a casual thing with no meaning. Yeah. Yeah. And And you're going to attract people that think the same. Yeah. Or that don't care about you, right? A lot of the times you're doing things that are attracting the wrong people. Mm-hmm. Right? Like like I used to think, you know, when I was when I was in college, I was like, why am I attracting women that are cheaters, disloyal, and they're ghosting me, they're bad communicators. Why is this happening? Well, guess what? I was looking for them, a blue martini, a clubs that were close to my my school, do you think I was going to find, you know, a, a, a high quality partner in those places? Probably not. Right. I like the first girlfriend that I found, guess what she was? She was in a, in a library on a Sunday, make it doing homework, you know? So it's also a lot of the times you put yourself in the environment and you do things that are actually attracting the wrong person. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, and that leads very well into what I wanted to ask you next. I wanted to go back to what you were saying earlier. You said like, you know, if, if you want to have a relationship that's really special, really high quality, really high caliber, you've got to be someone who's really that as well. Right. And so, you know, your example of like, instead of looking in the clubs, I looked in the library. Right. And, and it's like, I started showing up in different places and that was giving me the opportunity to meet different kinds of people. So like, what would you say if somebody wanted to become that special person or that really high caliber, high quality person, what are the kinds of things that person would do distinct from what maybe most people are out there doing? Well, you know, you have to really understand your values and beliefs. And again, going back to, you have to be who you are, you know, understand who you are. Like I'm saying now, you know, like I know that me practicing celibacy, me not trying to kiss a woman on the first date, is pro. It's probably going to attract a different type of woman. Like I remember, like four months ago, I went out with this Argentinian girl, and like she didn't even let me kiss her in like the first three dates, and I found that so attractive. I was like, oh wow, you know, I usually just kiss on the first date, but this girl is really you know, making me wait. And then we started talking. And then at the end, we saw that we had different life goals that we wanted to have and all that. So, but I think, you know, understanding your own values and beliefs, you know, and maybe, listen, maybe you don't think it's a big deal sleeping around. Maybe you like that. If that's, if you're okay with that, then, you know, you go and you be yourself. You go, I strongly believe that that the the less value and meaning you give to something is the less you're going to enjoy it, you know, and the less you're going to find um, those kind of like special moments that you can share with someone, 
But I think you need to understand your values and beliefs. And if you want something like, you know, I like somebody who's fit, they're probably going to be at the gym, right? So, but you have to be working out yourself. <laughs> it's not like, oh, I want someone who's fit, but I've never been to the gym. You know, <laughs> like, mm. how are you going to, you have to be there at the gym working out. I like someone who reads. Well, you better be at Starbucks or like Barnes and Nobles, you know, reading some books, looking for somebody there, or like going to the library. You know, you have to, again, embrace the things that you're looking for in someone else. Become that first and then you will attract it. And at the same time, you also have to kind of not be looking for it so much, mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of times we're like, oh, I, I want to find someone. I want to find someone. I'm going to go to the library and I'm going to go here and I'm going to go that. And you're not actually doing the things that are supposed to be attracting that person. You're not sitting down in the library and actually reading a book. Because let's say you go into the library and you never read anything. And now you meet someone that you really like. And then they tell you, you know, something about like Shakespeare and Hamlet. And you're like, oh, no, I don't really read. Well, I haven't read that one. You know, and then it's like maybe the connection is not there. They see that you don't really read. Right. So you have to really become that. Do it for real. If you go into the gym, you're actually working out there two, three times a week. So when you meet the person, it's actually you're, you do those things. Right. Because I think a lot of times, you know, we just try to fake it in a way. You know, we go, um, it's kind of like when you're, you know, like, let's say you don't text someone back for 24 hours because you feel, you know, that if you don't text them back, you look like you're busy and that creates more value, which in a way is true. But then you're there sitting in your room, anxious, you know, waiting, okay, well, I got to wait 24 hours. It's, it's 8 p.m. I got to wait until tomorrow, 9 a.m. You wake up at 8.30 a.m. You're looking, okay, I still 30 minutes. Let me wait. You know, you're doing all this thing, all this anxiety. If you actually build a life, okay, that actually you're so busy doing so many things that actually you prefer to speak. Like I remember, you know, a lot of women would find this so attractive in me. Uh, they would tell me, they would get a little bit pissed off, but later they would tell me that I always, I, I don't like texting throughout the day too much. Maybe a couple of texts, but I like only talking at night once I'm completely free because I like having complete focus, you know, going back to back to boundaries. Listen, I'm, I'm super busy all day. I like being, you know, deep focused on my work. You know, maybe we can text when I'm in lunch or whatever, but I really like talking at night, 9, 10 p.m. Right. But I wasn't pretending to do these things. I was actually, you know, my life is built in that way that when the nighttime comes and we get on the phone, they're so excited to speak to you because they you finally, you know, got the chance. And now we can really sit down and speak or FaceTime or whatever. So I think a lot of the times, again, going back to that is like really fully become that person that you want to attract. Look for the qualities that you want in someone and become that first. And that will attract somebody who mirrors those things in you. And I, I totally hear you on that. And, and I, I, I hear in the back of my mind the question of, well, shouldn't someone love me for who I am? Why do I have to change myself to find somebody? So can you clarify the nuance there, right? Like what's the difference between becoming what you want to attract and changing yourself to attract someone? Well, again, going back to self-awareness, 
right? There's self-awareness, there's self-acceptance, and then there's accountability. You have to understand the basics, you know, of like human relationships and dynamics, and you have to understand attraction. Like I said, I, I understand that at 160, I'm going to be more attractive than, than, than at 120, being fit and right and being athletic. That's just a fact. So I still accept myself when I was at 125, but you always need to be, you know, kind of growing. You need to feel a certain progression in your life, mm -hmm. right? Where you don't feel stagnant, where you don't feel like nothing is really changing. I'm not growing as a person. I'm not growing as an individual, right? So it's a matter, the difference is that you don't say, oh, I need to be 160. If not, nobody is going to love me, <laughs> you know? It's like you accept, okay, I'm 125. I want to be 160. I'm working towards that. And in the way there, I will meet other people, you know, but I'm always working on becoming my full potential Yeah. while accepting where I am in the journey, you know? So it's always that. It, it's the same thing that when people believe, you know, oh, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to attract the woman I want until I have the Ferrari and I have the, the, the million dollar mansion, right? So they just work so hard to try to accomplish those things. And then when they get there, they end up attracting the wrong woman that later divorces them and takes half of the money. Right? So, you know, it's always understanding self-acceptance where you are in the journey, but at the same time, okay, I want to keep growing as an individual and I have this life goals that I want to meet, right? Yeah. And, and I think that's so powerful because I think it is something people do is they use the statement that this is just who I am as an excuse to excuse their lack of growth. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's like, okay, you know, no, you are not, you are not the stagnant thing that never changes, right? You, you are always changing anyway, but the question is, what are you changing into? Are you changing into something that's really aligned with the highest possibility of who you could be or are you changing into a kind of different version of the same thing day after day right yeah so yeah and listen you know going back to there's a lot of like toxic masculinity you know toxic masculine advice going on and there's certain truth to it i think it's always like people just go to the extremes you know for the clicks and all the stuff there's a lot of truth to a lot of the things that in, in this, you know, masculine space is being told, like money definitely helps. You know, I mean, I've been, again, like going back to when a woman is in love with you, really, bro, I mean, I have women sleep on an air mattress with me in a trailer park, you know, like it doesn't really matter when they're really in love with you, but money does help. Money does help to be able to spend more time with your family, to spend more time with her to go on vacation, right? Because I feel the biggest issues that I always saw, that I've always seen in my whole life in relationships is always either, you know, loyalty, some type of cheating going on, or finances. It's always the major issues that I find in couples, right? Growing up, myself, seeing my clients, that's the main thing. So me as a man, I understood, you know, after my last relationship, okay, Shouldn't I take care of my finances first? 
And when this relationship ended, uh, it was like three years ago, you know, I was like going through two lawsuits and other two of my businesses. I mean, I was, I was, I had a loan cause I just bought a house with my uncle and I had so much debt. And I understood, you know what? I think I need to take care of my finances first before I even date, before I get into a new relationship, because I can't be thinking about, you know, you can't be thinking about spending time with your partner when there's literally a lion chasing you, trying to eat you, right? First, you got to like outrun the lion or tame the lion. And then you're like, okay, now I can bring somebody into my life. So you need to be aware of these things, right? And a lot of the times you're like, no, you know, I'm like, I, uh, I'm, I'm making minimum wage and I'm, I want to bring a woman into my life and I want to have kids with her. And then she's not going to feel safe next to me all the time. And I'm not going to be able to afford my kids school. And what am I going to do? You know, that's not, why don't you take a couple of years working yourself, going back to that, you know, work. I realize I'm going to work on my finances, be, you know, well-established in my field, my business. So when I bring somebody into my world, I can provide the safety that woman you know, really look for uh, in a yeah. man, right? And yeah. it's understanding those dynamics, right? Like you, you need to understand that a woman, the moment that a woman doesn't feel safe next to you, she's going to look for safety somewhere else. So, you know, but again, going back to the extremes, a lot of the times, you know, in the, in, in the masculine space, it's like, no, bro, you need to have a, a Bugatti, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what colors you Bugatti? You need to have a Bugatti because if not, she's not going to love you, you know, or, or a guy like me is going to go and come and take her away from you, which, you know, I think it's just uh, a lot of times, you know, young men fall for these things and then they go buy the courses or whatever, trying to like become a millionaire. And they're always in this chase of like not accepting who they are. And like, no, I can't attract the woman I wanted to have all this abundance of wealth, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just something I would add to that, too, because I think it's so true what you're saying is like this, this need to recognize, like, what do I need to work on, right? And, and really making that commitment. And what I've found for me personally, and like, this is my story with, with my wife, and I see it with clients all the time is like, when you really make that commitment to yourself to, to work on those things that you know you need to work on, it's not even like you have to get it all perfect. Because a lot of times what happens is as you're working on those things, the very energy of working on those things attracts the right person, right? So it's like, it's not even about needing to be a completed project, but it's like you said, it's, mm -hmm. it's the awareness of what do you need to work on, the willingness to do that work, and then the rest of it kind of takes care of itself, right? But what yeah. we need to bring is that willingness and that not, not avoiding it, not saying like, you know, to use the example you said, like, oh, to just sit there and be like, money's not an issue. If she really loves me, she'll sleep on my air mattress in the trailer park. You know, it's like, okay, well, maybe that's true, but wouldn't you want to have a nice place to bring her over to? Like, isn't that something you would want to provide and really yeah. not being too insecure to face up to that? Right. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. Huge. And, and then, you know, um, it's also about seeing the potential in someone, mm -hmm. right? Like I, I, I was with women. There were certain times that I was with women that were, let's say, immature uh, in certain aspects, but I still saw the potential, uh, let's say, when I was younger, and I could see that they were kind, that they were an empath, 
and I saw the potential of the type of woman that they would become one day. Because they say they were 19, I was like 23, you know? So a lot of times it's the same thing. Women also seeing the potential in a man. It's like, okay, well, he's not a finished project, but I would rather, I always tell this to women, it's better to find a man who you see is a hard worker mm-hmm. than a man and, and, and sacrifices a lot than a man who has it all and gives back very little. Yeah. Right. It's so true. And um, some of the, I mean, some of the hardest workers I know they're, you know, they, they're middle-class, you know, my uncle, I mean, he's, he's, he's not even human. Sometimes I feel, you know, like he's just a robot. The things that he does, he works with me in real estate and like we build houses and stuff. Uh, he's always doing a lot of the work because he knows he's a very handy person. And, but, you know, he's such a hard worker that my, my, my aunt finds that so attractive in him. And it's about that thing that so, so seeing the potential in someone and again, selecting the right person, choosing the hard worker over somebody who's earned everything and they're entitled, which it's what happens. I feel a lot of the times uh, I made a video about this the other day that, you know, a high value man can be a low value partner, right? A lot of times we talk about high, high value men, high value woman. Like, I think the conversation should be high value partner. <laughs> the fact that they're successful in their field or they have achieved all these accolades individually doesn't mean that they're going to be a great partner. Doesn't mean that they're going to have a great connection with you, that they're going to be kind, given, right? I think those two are not mutually exclusive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I that's, that's so, so true. And I, I think, you know, when I look at my relationship with my wife, it's like when I met her, I would have been a very easy person for her to walk away from, you know, like I was, I was not established. I mean, I was establishing my life, right. I was establishing my career. I was establishing my living situation. I was, I was in a lot, a big transition period. And I I give her a lot of credit for not judging me based on my circumstances, but judging me based on my heart. Right. And, And what did she see? Like, she didn't look at the external metrics of my life. She looked at how I showed up to life every day and how I showed up for her. And that's what she made her decision based on. And now, you know, where I was at that point in my life is long gone, but we've created all of this together. And, you know, if she had been tied to, oh, I need someone who, like you said, drives the Bugatti or has this, you know, has this success with all these accolades, like if she had been tied to that, she would have missed out on this. So it is, it's, it's so true what you're saying. And I think that just, that requires a lot of wisdom. You know, it it requires a lot of wisdom. You can't be, you can't be in this cultural, superficial, like nightmare that most people are living in. You've got to, you've got to kind of remove yourself from that and and look for something deeper. Yeah. And, and it's also, you have to be very conscious of the stuff that you're consuming because mm-hmm. everybody's trying to affect you somehow right yeah like our, we with our content we're trying to affect the people that watch your content you know the videos that you consume so if you're consuming videos every day that tell you that you're not good enough that you need to have the bugatti or that you know don't worry about all men cheats and lie you know all of them are cheaters and liars and they want younger women then you're going to start seeing the world in that way i mean i 
I literally, I follow, like, I'm very strict with my social media. I literally go there just mostly for work, but I, I follow maybe like eight people. That's it on, 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 on like content that I consume, let's say on YouTube and podcasts. Mm-hmm. That's about it. I don't listen to anybody else. You know I mean? Sometimes, you know, when there's something in the news and at the same time, this eight people, because I feel that they're genuine, they're honest. They also have opposite views right which is something that happens a lot of times it's like you just want to believe these things and you only listen to people you know you see this a lot in politics if you're a democrat you only listen to democrats and whenever a republican opens their mouth you're like no that's a lie you don't even want to hear so i think i've reduced a lot something that has changed my life completely in a positive way is that i've reduced the amount of content that i consume i only follow people that i really genuinely feel a connection with and I try to listen to people that have opposite views. You know, I might be listening, I listen to a Democrat and a Republican. I listen to somebody who's maybe considered toxic masculine and I listen to somebody who's considered feminist. So I try to like combine, you know, have a well-rounded view of the world and the things that I consume and at the same time, minimalize it as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I agree 100% with that and I think it's it's so powerful. Um, I want to bring it back to kind of where we started here and, and, you know, maybe end on a really practical um, note. So going back to the idea of things men say that confuse women and the idea of kind of this mid grade man, right. Who he's not, he's not disinterested, but he's also not committed. He's, he's somewhere in the middle. Right. And this is, I guess this is really, you know, when we're speaking to women, this is really what women want to look out for because you know, the low interest man is pretty obvious. And and I don't think women struggle too much with that. Don't need to worry about the high interest man, you know, he's easy to deal with, but, but the kind of the kind of mid level guy. So what are the kinds of things this guy would say, or this guy would do? Like, what are the signs that women can really know, like, okay, there's not a future with this guy? Well, <clears throat> the first thing I, I would say, one of the major things is, do you see that he wants to hear from you every day? Is he excited to see you every day? Does, does, do you see that he behaves almost because, I mean, you know this yourself, like when a man is truly in love, we become like superheroes, right? <laughs> like We just want to like go to the end of the world for this woman. Do you see that in him? Do you see that he wants to, because, you know, we men have an innate desire to protect the things that we love, right? And care for them. So do you see that in him? But does he want to speak to you every day? Make sure that you're safe, you know, make sure that you're thinking about him, right? When like, sometimes, you know, I get a client and says, oh, you know, but he loves me, but I haven't heard from him in three days. And I was like, what? Like somebody that loves you couldn't like go away for three days without talking to you. That's like impossible, you know, especially as a man. So I think communication is one thing, seeing that he really wants to hear from you every day and wants to communicate and make sure that you're safe. I think uh, the other thing is that he would have admiration for you. You know, he would respect your opinion, the things that you have to say, right? Like whenever he has a problem, let's say in his life, 
he comes to you not only for free therapy, which a lot of people do, you know, to just dump all of their emotional turmoil on you, but he actually comes because he respects your opinion. And he also listens to you and what you're going through. Like, let's say today you tell him something that's going on in your life, you know, something that is affecting you. Does he text you the next day following up? Like, hey, what happened with that? Did you talk to that person? You know, and does he remember the conversations that you have with him? Right? Mm -hmm. Because all these things, again, going back to protecting what you love, like this is innate in men. And if you don't feel that he literally has the uh the willingness to become a superhero for you that you don't see that like the way he behaves towards you like literally the excitement to want to see you to talk to you if you don't see that i mean that's literally you know showing that he has made interest right there you know and um let me think if i i can think of something else that they can um something very specific and practical um Well, also, okay, when he speaks about you to other people, mm. you know, how does he speak about you to other people? Because a lot of the times, you know, going back to the admiration, right? Does he just mention your beauty? Oh, like, yo, yeah, she's, she's so beautiful. You know, oh, yeah, she's great, right? Or is he specific with the things that he admires about you? Like, oh, she's got the best sense of humor. Like uh, every time, I mean, we're always laughing at night when she cracks a joke, you know, or like, oh, she's such an empath. Like she takes, she works at this hospital and she's always taking care of kids. She's like talking about the qualities of you as a person. And you see the admiration and respect that he has for those things, right? If he never speaks like that about you, he never puts you in a pedestal, especially your qualities, your inner qualities, not just your appearance, you know, the external, the external faculties that you have, then... I think going back to the admiration, that's a man that really has a very high interest in you and that is really looking up to you as like someone that he wants to, you know, share his life with and build a family, build a future together. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, that that respect and admiration that you're talking about is just so huge. I remember, I don't know, I, I, well, I think it was actually my wife I shared this with, um, and this is maybe a year into our relationship or something like that. But I, I just remember I said to her, like, I've never, I've never had a partner that I respected this much, you know, and, and just like, and if, if I look at my past, it, it was, it was often, there was, there were several relationships that were, I would say loving where we, where we had a lot of love for each other and, and care for each other. But respect and admiration is it's different than just love right like like love is love and love is great and i mean in generally i love everybody for the most part you know but mm -hmm. but that respect and admiration really sets a relationship apart right when you love someone and you respect them and you admire them and like you look up to them you think you think of all the people in the world they're one of the best Right. It's mm -hmm. just, it really, it's a completely different level. And, and I'm, I'm with you on that. Like if that is not present in a relationship, you're, you're missing something like fundamental. Yeah. Especially for a fulfilling relationship. Yeah. 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 And there are a lot of people who are together 
raising kids. They, you know, they love each other. They care about each other. They're, they're doing it all. But again, if that respect isn't there, it's like the, as you said, the fulfillment that's available in the relationship is just, it's, it's missing something, right? It's miss, it's not as complete or as full as it could be. Yeah. And, and like going back to that, a lot of the respect comes from having your strong values and beliefs, you know, having those strong boundaries where you're secure, you know who you are as a person and you show up every day like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And that person, that person sees that and appreciates that. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I mean, we've, we've touched on so many great things. It's been a really awesome conversation. Anything in closing that you want to add, maybe we haven't touched on yet. Well, um the last thing i will say going back to i just thought about it the mid interest and all these things i think one of the most important things in any relationship especially when you're starting to date somebody is consistency right like you i think one of the most painful experiences that you have as a person or let's say when you're going through heartbreak when you're going through a breakup especially if you dated somebody for three, six months, you know, and you see that they were very consistent. They were giving you all this high interest, right? And suddenly they stopped giving you that. They pulled away mm-hmm. and you're wondering what just happened. There's something wrong with me. Did I do something wrong? Right. And um, it's because a lot of the times people, I think women have a hard time understanding consistent behavior with just someone who needed you at that moment in his life going back to the admiration going back to somebody who likes you really enjoys spending time with you to somebody who admires you and respects you right and consistency it's actually you have to think like a heartbeat you know, like it's not ups and downs. It's actually like a flat line. And a lot of the times, actually, when a man is very interested in you, I feel he actually, you will see certain, he's, he's going to be a little cautious about it. He's not going to be love bombing you at first. Mm. He's going to display that he likes you and all that, but you will see that he's a little cautious. So you will see that he gives a consistent, you know, trip, right? Of attention. He wants to talk to you every day. He wants to be, but sometimes I think women are used to like this. Oh, no, you should be giving me flowers, you know, by the third day. Or sometimes they meet love bummers, you know, who's like showering them with all this attention and affection at first. And they, they pull away five months later, you know, when their testosterone levels are down because they already, you know, got to sleep with them. And now they want a new experience with someone else. So I think being able to point consistent behavior, right, understanding when you see a man that shows up every day, maybe maybe in a, not in the way that you expected, maybe in a smaller way that you expected, but you see that he shows up every day, that's better than a man that shows up for a week, like takes you to Madrid, you know, and then you go on this vacation and then he disappears for like another week because he's busy with work and then he comes back and like, you know, so I think um, always take consistent behavior over you know the ups and downs even though they might the ups may feel magnificent you know i think when it's consistent behavior it can actually escalate little by little and once you get to the peak 
you know, it feels amazing. And yeah. it, it's, you're going to have less downs than with this man, let's say. That is, that is such a huge point. I always, I always come back to, um, in, in Buddhism, they have a, a philosophy called the middle way. And, you know, it, it's basically the absence of extremes, right? And mm-hmm. it, it basically in any area of life, you can find the, the correct path by taking the middle way. And our, our society, you've mentioned this already, but our society tends to operate on extremes, you know, sometimes extreme positive, extreme negative. But, you know, and, and I think a lot of people are looking for someone to come in and kind of sweep them off their feet with this really extreme experience, you know, like, yeah, going to Madrid or whatever. Right. But like, it's, they're looking for someone to come and sweep them off their feet, but yeah, you know, real love, I think in, in most cases doesn't really show up that way. It shows up as someone who's like honest and humble and kind of, you know, exceptional in their own way, but also average in their own way. Right. They're not, they're not trying to be the thing that, blows your mind they're just trying to authentically love you and it it does it has a different look and a different feel to it i think it's really great that you touched on that yeah and the last thing i will say going back to the content you know women consume a lot of uh you know movies and shows right like all this like love island and all these things and i think that can a lot of the times you know I remember I, I was dating this girl who would watch Love Island and suddenly I did something one day and she told me, oh no, Nick did the same thing and that means this and that. And I was like, who the hell is Nick? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know? So I think a lot of times going back to that, it's like you have to be aware of the content that you're watching and how that is affecting you because whatever you're putting through your, you know, through your eyes, through your iris, it's is affecting your brain. And if you're watching things that are always displaying this, you know, crazy, stupid love, uh, like the movie and all this, you know, grandiose, like, experiences and all these things that you feel that life needs to reflect that. And sometimes yeah. it can be in such a smaller way, you know, that um, you're going to miss out on those experiences because your, your expectations are just, you know, uh, out of proportion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's so... So true. And we don't even realize how I think seductive it is. Right. And we just, we do it for entertainment, but then it shapes our, our mindset and our life. And yeah, it's really, really awesome stuff. So thank you so much. I mean, I really appreciate your time today. It's been an incredible conversation. I know the listeners are going to find amazing value in it. Um, I just want to give you an opportunity. If there's something you would like to direct people to a place, they can find you a way they can work with you or, or anything. Um, yeah. Let people know where they can go to connect with you. Yeah. I'm save the messenger on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. You can find me under that username everywhere. You know, I give, uh, I do, you know, dating advice, relationship advice. And I also speak a lot about self-improvement. I'm slowly, moving into self-improvement as well because i realized going back to that you need to work on yourself first to be able to attract who you are what you want so yeah save the messenger you know awesome awesome so look up (laughs) save the messenger on tiktok instagram youtube facebook um ishmael it's been really great chatting with you today again i appreciate your time and and just you know making making an appearance here and and i know the listeners are going to love it so 
yeah, thank you so much for being with us, sharing your wisdom and, and everything you've had to share. And, uh, thank you, Shane. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you. it. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you'd leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love.